Welcome to Five Strive Weekly, review that solid effort against the Galaxy and preview the US Open Cup semi-final against Trash City. We discuss that next. Welcome to the show, Five Strive fam. I'm AJ, this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. So solid chance creation and clinical finishing by own goal pretty much got us a 3-0 win. When did we sign him? I missed that. I know, man. He's been super, super good in front of goal. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that 3-0 win against LA Galaxy, very solid stuff. Uh, I mean, a lot of, like I said, uh, chances created. Uh, were we good at finishing them? Not really in the run of play, but, uh, you know, I think we created so many chances that... Uh, you know, not only LA Galaxy's uh, defenders, they were probably terrified of Jose Martinez getting yeah. on the end of one. Right. That they pretty much just shipped a couple of them just to, you know, kind of uh, appreciate that, <laughs> guys. Yeah, um, we'll you know, take it. Yeah, and they pretty much put the death knell into their own uh, yeah. own match. And, I mean, either way, though, you have to create those chances. You and, do. Uh, you know, PT Martinez had a hell of a match uh, creating those. Absolutely. And that first one, he flashed it into the six, yeah. in which they put it in their own goal. Right. It's, it's uh, I think, uh, you know, the way you, you know, the way you uh, can score those type of uh, goals, like, I think even if he, uh, someone um, didn't score an own goal, mm -hmm. someone might have been able to tap it into the, the back post. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the, you know, it's hard on a defender to defend that type of play. And so that's why, you know, where it's it's coming across the sixth and they're facing their own goal, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, if you get contact on it, you have to like clear it back where it came from pretty much or mm -hmm. else you're in trouble. And that's what happened on mm -hmm. twice, you know? And so, but he doesn't know what's behind him. So he, he feels like he kind of has to make that play. Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, yeah, I mean, like the... The shot total was 2011 final count, mm -hmm. 20 to 11. Uh, the chance creation count to overall was 17 to 8. Mm -hmm. A pretty dominant performance by Atlanta United. And, you know, on some of those chances, I think the, uh, the build-up play throughout were consistent with the own goals. And then with uh, Barco hitting the crossbar, you had Joseph was saved nicely. Petey was saved by the keeper and the post. Like, he yeah. deserved the goal more than anything. He also... I agree. There, he fluffed one where he, like, laid on the ground. He smiled a little. Like, it's nice to see him smile. Oh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's, it's a wry smile, obviously. Because, yeah, yeah he's... Kind of feeling that unluckiness. I mean, you but know. he was clearly feeling himself in that match. You Absolutely. know what I mean? He was fantastic yesterday, and mm -hmm. overall, I think the team, yeah, mm -hmm. they uh, good value for their possession. They dominated possession mm -hmm. and they created chances. We need oh. to see more of that this season. Mm -hmm. We saw that yesterday. I feel like yeah, it was actually a little bit less possession than we were actually used to. Right. Uh, you would have thought that LA like bunkered hard, but they didn't. They actually had a good bit of the ball. Like it was, I think, fifty-four to forty-six. Yeah. Uh, so you know they. Definitely had their chances early on in the match. They did. Guzan uh, saved in the fifth minute. Exactly. You know, yeah. Paulo had to be imperious, a block and a tackle in his own area. You Indeed. Know? Uh, and Miles Robinson just putting a shift in like he always does. Yeah. You just <laughs> on one on ones, you can't shake him off. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much on you like glue if you are anywhere one on one, and uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's uh, that's. How uh, we can kind of play more forward, he was, this was definitely a more aggressive starting 11 for sure. Yeah. And uh, FTB really talked about that where he, uh, you know, kind of wanted to be more on the front foot. And exactly. you are allowed that with a Miles Robinson in the back. You know, mm -hmm. you, you know that uh, that one-on-one -on -one defending is rock solid. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of that, um, you know, uh, we talked about uh, in the 
the the fan cam is PT Martinez being really physical during this match as well. Absolutely. Really kind of uh, he got a yellow for like barging into someone uh, yeah. later on, but yeah. that's, I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, he doesn't rack up yellow cards, so like once in once in a blue moon, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the message. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's what he was trying to do. What's he? What he pretty much had been doing throughout the match, that, on that occasion, sure, he got it wrong. He's right. going to, he's an attacker. Mm -hmm. But him seeing him shoulder players off the ball, that's beautiful. More of that, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Love to see that. And that combo play between PT and Barco, uh, it's, yeah, you see how they can really uh, link up all the way towards at least the, the box and try to, uh, you know, create a chance. And that's where we saw all those chances come. And, also, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, from the right as well, uh, you know, Gressel, yeah. I think, had a, a fine match as well. Yeah. But, uh, and yeah, definitely Florentine Pogba. Just, uh, you know, you he just steps in for LGP. You see uh, what he can offer you, of course. Uh, we all already know, like, yeah, he's a physical, he's a, he's a unit. Yeah. You know, for sure. Without, yeah, yeah. He had one early on to where he, like, shouldered the ball out of bounds, you know, or, you know, shielded the ball, I mean, out of right. bounds. And, yeah, and then the comfort on the ball, you know what I mean? He's like yeah. another ball player in the back, which mm -hmm. is key to this system. For and sure. it's, it's great that he can step in for LGP like that, especially yeah. in a season where LGP maybe hasn't been at his best in some matches. So. Yeah, and uh, speaking of going on the ball uh, and being a center back, Miles Robinson also, uh, yeah, he put a good ball in. Uh, yeah, and then to, know, to Joseph, right, who was able to uh, play it out to Miram, exactly. It's, it's, beautiful. it's beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, he's more comfortable on the ball, uh, this season, that's for sure. You can see that, and that's really why he's pretty much started every single match, yeah, uh, if he can. And so, uh, you know, it's just it's a lot of strides, which is good, uh, and definitely it's a good taste in our mouth after an LAFC match mm -hmm. that was uh, just left. A little wanting, but uh, you saw the fight back there. But uh, yeah, it's just further of uh, just Atlanta being dominant at home. Right. It's nice to see that bagel on the other end, the clean sheet. Yes. You know, need more of that as well. If only for the confidence of the keeper in the back line. You indeed, know, indeed. Especially after shipping four goals. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, that's really what we're gonna have to look forward to, uh, or look to in our next match, and we'll get to that, of course. But. Uh, just to make sure that uh, we can kind of carry over that form at home on the road, yeah. which is an issue. But also, yeah, Joseph Martinez, he with his penalty that uh, Justin Miram apparently won. Uh, I think there were some whispers. Well, I think it was Hyman. So like, because yeah. I watched the highlights of what it was. It was uh -huh. a, a chance created where uh, Gressel plays the ball into Joseph, forces a save, mm -hmm. and Hyman's following him up. And I think they called a foul on Hyman mm -hmm. for the penalty. I was very confused. I thought it was a Miram. Yeah, thing. it was the Miram uh, in the box, it looked like anyway. And apparently but, it's Heinemann, but either way, either way. Yeah, we win uh, that penalty and Joseph Martinez does is, not sky this one. Does not sky this one, but he uh, you know does now scored he has scored his ninth consecutive uh, goal in as many matches. Mm -hmm. Uh, or sorry, nine straight matches in which he scored a goal. Right. Rather, that's much better. Yeah. Uh, and 
with his 67th goal, he is tied for the most in the three-year span. With a lot of season left. With a lot of season left. Yeah, it should uh, hopefully, knock on wood, right. be uh, you know broken already. I mean, Joseph and Martinez, that. though, has just been amazing for MLS. I mean, yeah. it, record after record falls. If he spends the majority of his prime here, I think he's going to be on top of all of those lists. Would love that, and uh, that furthers my hashtag build the statue yeah. <laughs> campaign because do it. It has been uh, necessary. I feel like uh, <laughs> if and when ever he retires, right? Uh, but yeah, no, and uh, also looking at this kind of uh, player position map, it's really interesting. I think uh, you know. <laughs> Atlanta United, they put out a 4-3-3 or something like that. Right. And it's very obvious. It's a 3-5-2. Right. Almost a, not even, it's like. I think it's a 3-4-3. Yeah, it's like a 3-4-3, but not like that traditional 3-4-3 that we saw earlier in the season. But uh, still, either way, it's, uh, yeah, the positions with Barco and PT, um, yeah, they're just pretty much flanking Joseph Martinez. Yeah. They're not providing any width at all, actually, really, actually. Uh, but what you know, the width is, is uh, Justin Miram on the left mm -hmm. and Julian Gressel on the right, yeah. keeping that. Uh, and that, that really provides that outlet. And, we, and we've talked about on this podcast, all of us really have talked about wanting to get players closer to Joseph, yeah. you know? And so I think it's actually good because, you mm -hmm. know, these are just average positioning. What, what we actually see on the field are good link-up play, you know, between mm -hmm. PD, Barco, and Joseph. And that's a three-headed monster. I mean, what are MLS teams going to do with that, really? Yeah. So, yeah, to finally have our three DPs on the same pitch again is just... <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but also an interesting bit is just how uh, Jeff Lerowitz has... Kind of, he came in and really didn't uh, skip a beat a little bit. Um, and uh, really, I think because of that positioning, he's just so rock solid mm -hmm. for one, but allows the other guys to move forward as well and to so. really join in in the attack. I actually really like this lineup, uh, you know, for a number of reasons. And I think reversing Remedi for this match made a lot of sense, especially a team that you expected to bunker. Okay, yeah. they didn't bunker as much, but we still had more of the ball. And uh, yeah, I thought Lorenowitz did was perfectly fine. I mean, he covered the wings well. Uh -huh. You know, he he can do what Remedi does in a pinch, you right. know, which is what which is what really we need him to do at this point. I think exactly. Yeah, uh, FDB did say that he was played in for rotation, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah, most of the people with they have a qualm with Jeff Lorenowitz is that he's not pacey enough or something. But it's one of those things like he reads the game so well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not FIFA. You don't need you know every single player to be just like 80 pace or above or something and he it's can just... sprint you know exactly it, but again with combined with his positioning that's how he gives you a good 90 minutes or however long he exactly plays. and his metronomic quality of just passing it uh you know between either the wing backs or to just feed darlington nagby it's beautiful and exactly. i think uh it's exactly what we needed in this match to really solidify it so yeah uh but yeah getting into some of the post-match quotes uh, Frank DeBoer was asked about playing PT and Barco simultaneously. He said, they have special qualities in them. It shows. The combination of Barco and PT and Joseph up front, that's very nice. 
I think every man and woman who loves football, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's pretty much yeah, they would appreciate that. Yes, and yeah. uh, I, I, I agree. I mean, at least for MLS, this is definitely one of the in terms of three pronged attack, it is one of the best. Um, yeah, and it's just uh, it's something we, we needed to see, something we wanted to see, you know, yeah. like, and we haven't been able to because of you know form of certain players and yeah. availability of certain players and all that. But now it seems like. You know, the bands are back together. Yeah, agreed. And uh, so he was also asked on if criticism from the players have fueled the team. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase most of this is that, yeah, I mean, uh, there was an injury to Brexit, of course, and it kind of has forced them to play uh, three at the back right now, at least. And, you know, he's played with three really good and fast defenders uh, in that three man back line. And so, like, He's pretty much, uh, he feels happy with it. He feels like, uh, you know, when you can play dominant, you play with three. And if uh, earlier in the season, it's actually, he said that, uh, you know, it was actually playing more with a five, um, which is always interesting as well. And um, it is obviously, yeah, like if you are sitting back and having to defend more then yeah, you have the wing backs yeah. sit back as well. Um, I think that's kind of the point of the formation too, is that flexibility, you know? Right. And so, you know, you can get on the front foot in that formation, mm -hmm. it's through the wing backs, you know? And I think at the end of the day too, it's, you know, beyond tactics and formation and all that, mm -hmm. there is a big difference between playing on the front foot and, you know, kind of being a little more passive. And I think that what the players are getting at really is that this team is more comfortable on the front foot. Yeah. You know, like, because then the defending's better as well, because the other team now has to worry about you coming yes. forward. That is Atlanta United. You know, mm -hmm. that's what we've grown used to in the first two seasons. Mm -hmm. And so yesterday, I think you saw a little bit of a return to that. And I think that's the way going forward. Yeah, exactly. I don't think you saw them sit back on their laurels at any point, really. And that's really what you want to see, uh, is to impose your will and pin them back. And if they are going to get a few chances, you have the trust in a Robinson to handle it. So yeah. Uh, but also, he talked about uh, the Knights substitutes, which uh, I think I think were spot on actually. I mean, um, because yeah, he uh, was asked about Tito. Sure. And it was one of those interesting things where uh, he talked about. Um, you know, uh, he said, "Well, Tito for me was only to get his motivation up to rejoin the team." Maybe he can get some minutes. It depends on how he's doing tomorrow at training. He's getting close. It's more for rotation for Tuesday. And so uh, he said, that's why I also, a little over one hour, I changed Nagby. Barco, I had to change for precaution reasons because he didn't play for that long. And if he wants to start on Tuesday, you cannot expect him to play for 90 minutes. Yeah, I think uh, might be confusing the quote here because he actually took Barco at the hour and Nagby at 75 minutes. Yeah, but, but yeah, more or less. Yeah. Either way, yeah, I think um, either way, Barco was taken off early. Yeah. I think definitely was, in mind for the Orlando City match. Yeah, uh, and Nagby. Yeah, I mean you need to save some legs. Rometty also came in Absolutely. to kind of. Uh, yeah, he didn't start, and so he was able to save some legs there. And uh, yeah, you get kind of uh, about two and a half days of rest. It's good enough, I think, uh, for yeah. the time being. Yeah, uh, not fantastic, of course, but yeah, but especially with the Barco, I like that he's thinking yeah. about well, essentially planning to play Barco on Tuesday, which right. absolutely yes, please. Yeah, you know? and I think we would have all liked to see Tito uh, play in there, but he, it's it's tough there because I think uh, he wanted to give PT uh, a ninety minutes there. Mm -hmm. um, I think he was playing really well, and you know I think he wants to be maybe 
kind of reward him if he could get a goal. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, you know, in terms of that, like there weren't a ton of maybe other kind of substitutions. Right, because like, Hyman comes in for Barco. Which makes sense a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit more defensive. Right, so, and then... Yeah. Uh, and you're not going to sub off Joseph probably at that point either. Right, exactly. Um, and then Pereira comes in for Gressel. You're not going to put Tito at wing back probably. Exactly. So, so it's, it's tough. So uh, it makes sense for me that, uh, you know, I think we finished off the match like superbly. So yeah. Yeah, not a big deal at all. So I think all in all for this match, I mean, you know, we, we didn't see the clinical finishing that we would have liked in the run of play so that they kind of gain that confidence for uh, the next match, especially on the road. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, if we can continue to create all these chances yeah. and, you know, try to play this way on the road, then it will bode a lot better. I think, yeah, I mean, like like I said, the build-up play was very encouraging. I think it's just a matter of defending better on the road. And then, yeah. you know, from there, the, you know, Especially have, from the off. Exact, like. Exactly, yeah, because we have the quality to create chances. I think right. this team could play like this on most nights if, they, if they're up to it. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But that wraps up, some, wraps up a bow on this match and uh, gets us into the news. And, uh, yeah, the players were asked about uh, being... Pretty much in first place for the first time, I think, uh, for this season. Mm -hmm. uh, with a game in hand on Philly, they, of course, they play, uh, full disclosure, we are recording this on a Sunday night, and so we don't know the kind of outcome of uh, the Philadelphia Union. They are playing yet. DC United, so it's a big yeah. one. You know, either way, it should work out for Atlanta. Yeah, we'll, we'll take drop points uh, either way, something, yeah. uh, which won't keep us in first, but... Well, you know, somebody's got to drop points. Exactly. Um, and that would be fantastic. So, um, but uh, FDB was asked about it. And if he feels like this is a first place team, he says, yeah, definitely. He feels that uh, the team is capable and have the quality. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is one of those, uh, you know, the roster he feels like is capable to compete in the first place. Um, and he doesn't have a doubt on it. But uh, I think, yeah, they... Kind of all in all, uh, all have that same ethos of they'd rather be first at the end of the season. Yeah. And that's a winning mentality that I really love. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I I appreciate this quote from DeBoer because I absolutely agree. Especially in the Eastern Conference. Like, mm -hmm. match up at Laney and roster with anybody and I'm, I'm taking hours. I'm sorry. You know? Mm -hmm. it's So I think that, yeah, first place should absolutely be the aim. And, uh, you know, when it comes playoff time, getting to the final, really. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, what's the expectation below that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, in terms of supporter shield, it may, might be foregone, but you never know if there's an LAFC collapse. Fantastic. Great. Yeah. But I think the aim really should be to get as high of a place as possible so that we can get home field advantage because that obviously has been uh, really... Just, uh, you know, we've been so dominant at home. So. There are two teams at home who have nine wins, or nine wins at home. Mm -hmm. Atlanta United and LAFC. We have been absolutely dominant at yeah. home. So we need it. We need to uh, just kind of at least uh, just maybe tread water on the road and not lose so many in a row yeah. on the road. But anyway, so uh, also Joseph Martinez was asked about breaking those records. Uh, the records being, of course, uh, as said earlier, the nine consecutive matches in which he's scored, which he's one of two, to, or yeah, pretty much one of two to only have done it in MLS before. Yeah, and this uh, is his second time doing it because he did it last season. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Uh, maybe with a little bit more fanfare last season, and maybe it's because, yeah, he was kind of uh, on the kind of train of maybe breaking the end. Ultimately, he did break the uh, goal scoring record in a single season. Right. And uh, again, his um, his 
uh, three year span of how many goals, he said, the important thing for me is to win. The records are just numbers. I said that the last time you guys asked me about that, they're just goals. Obviously they are important, but I could, I would just change everything, but I would change everything for another title. That's what makes me excited and feeling good. Obviously when a forward scores, he's happy and more if we win. Because if I would have scored a goal today and we would have lost, there's no way I would be talking to you guys. Classic Joseph Martinez. Yeah, absolutely. He's always <laughs> so fantastic with the quotes, man. But no, I mean, like, he's he's a winner. You know what I mean? And he shows you what he's about. He's a team player. You know, he does his job for the team. He doesn't mm-hmm. score goals for his own, mm-hmm. you know, for his own personal fanfare. Although he gets a lot of it. Yeah, I'm sure he gets off on scoring uh, sure. nonetheless. But yeah, I mean, it, it's very obvious when he doesn't talk. I mean, he... Because when he does, we always get fire quotes. And yeah. so it's just awesome uh, that we were able to get the three points as well. Yes. So, uh, But anyway, the 17s broke another attendance record again with 72,548 at that match on Saturday against LA Galaxy. It's like pretty much, I think, the sixth time I think we've, uh, or I think, you know, somewhere in this uh, kind of attendance record, uh, we've keep, kept shifting down the numbers, which is like, you know, at an arcade, you know, that's what you want to do. You want to keep hitting that top and then just bunch, you know, just uh, you know, moving all the other ones. And you're down. like, who is this kid? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> Who's this ATL? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, so it's fantastic. And yeah. Of course, with that full stadium tipo, it was just uh, forever Gorgeous. united. Love it, love it, yeah. love it. Uh, Resurgence was the Spurs group apparently that kind of spearheaded it. But uh, of course, all the other Spurs groups uh, definitely had a part to play in it, and definitely harkened back to uh, that Red Bulls at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in the playoffs mm-hmm. last season. Absolutely. Um, which, yeah, I mean, it just gets you kind of wrapped up because, you know, you see the whole stadium looking that glimmery and beautiful. Yeah. Yes, always. I think, yeah, I think our crowds definitely motivate the team for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and uh, there was that MLS All-Star game that was played last yeah. week as well. Uh, they, unfortunately, uh, the All-Stars lost against Atletico Madrid 3-0. Uh, and yeah, you had uh, Guzan uh, start, Joseph, PT, Barco, LGP all featured. And LGP handled Diego Costa pretty well twice. Although it was questionable in the first one, maybe a little bit with, uh, yeah, maybe dragged him down a little bit. But <laughs> Dark art defending. Dark art defending. And uh, he was able to switch uh, jerseys with. Uh, Costa afterwards, so I guess uh, you know. two of my favorite players matching up against one another. Yeah, love it. A Chelsea fan, so uh, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> and, yeah, and me being an Arsenal fan, I hate Diego Costa. Anyway, so he's gotten a couple of my players sent off <laughs> yeah. during those derbies, and it's he been hell of annoying because <laughs> they didn't deserve it. Anyway, <laughs> all right, so. So, uh, anyway, so uh, Goose also started with some kind of funny quips on the kind of mic'd up segments that he was uh, he was part of. And he also interviewed fellow goalkeeper Nick Romando, who kind of uh, subsequently shipped two goals. <laughs> so, didn't he didn't have the best night, Zan didn't get scored on, though. He did not. And so, yeah, it was, it was a coincidence. Mm. But uh, also uh, moving on from that, George Campbell, the homegrown for us, started for the MLS homegrowns, and that was fantastic. Uh, and yeah, he apparently played really, really well. I wasn't able to watch this match, but uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, just to be able to, you know, represent LA United kind of uh, after also just signing as a homegrown, fantastic, fantastic. And I want to see yeah. him at LA United too very soon. Um, and also on LA United's first team yeah. squad. Yeah. That's kind of the main crux is that he's not allowed to play yet. Not yet, but season. yeah, I, mean, I feel like he's doing like the Mount Robinson thing. So like next season, sure. I think, you know, he could step in, be a key player for the first team. I'm excited though to see like yeah. this players coming through the academy. It's wonderful. Indeed. But uh, also during the All-Star Game break, the MLS Players Association were also holding a press event, talking about numerous things for the upcoming collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. And uh, they raised a few issues, uh, kind of like uh, kind of the travel issues that the players, they abhor dealing with. Yeah. Uh, Brad Guzan talked about how few charters there are in MLS. Uh, he said, quote, not spending three-fourths of a day sitting in an airport, uh, unquote, allows you to, quote, mentally and physically prepare and recover in the way a pro environment should be. And I think that absolutely is true. It's one of those where I think uh, MLS could absolutely provide a lot more charters so that these players, you know, in terms of, there's gonna be more of these three-day rests or even less uh, as we move forward because of uh, the way they're structuring uh, an MLS season to go. Yeah. Like you, you have to give these guys a break in terms of just being able to rest their legs and not kind of being bored out of their minds for one. Yeah. Uh, or sitting coach with uh, just everybody else. It's. It is difficult. On a cramped um, flight, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. these are professional athletes. You know, and we got the thing is, too, we got to treat this like you're traveling Europe because that's essentially what it is, you know? So it's not the same as England or Germany or right. Italy. So, yeah, these guys have to deal with a lot more travel. Right. We're not asking for them to have their own plane <laughs> and have it, like, you know, Atlanta United on the outside right. of it. But I think there is at least, you know, just giving them that caveat so that they can uh, recover in due time. So. Right. But, uh, and uh, wrapping up for the news is Breck Shea had successful surgery on his ACL tear. Uh, yeah, initially, Frank DeBoer, when he saw that injury, he said he probably just uh, pretty much damaged and tore up his entire leg. Yeah. And uh, it obviously is not the case then. It's just an ACL tear, okay. so it's good. Yeah, and, fantastic. Uh, yeah. That bodes a lot better for his recovery, and we wish him nothing but the best Absolutely, going buddy. forward. Hopefully he can, uh, yeah, come back and play at at some point. Uh, you know, at, for you know, if it's not LA United, if it's for some team because yeah. I think he's only thirty years old, so it's it's tough. Exactly. So uh, yeah. hopefully he can still play somewhere. But uh, moving on into the transfer rumors of the week, Globo Esporte reports that the Brazilian top flight side Gremio. They have inquired about PT Martinez on loan, but they couldn't match what Atlanta United wanted. And so negotiations have apparently not moved forward. I think that makes perfect sense, though, to be honest. Like, you could say blank asked about PD Martinez, but sure. they couldn't match Atlanta United's price. That's going to be the constant theme, yeah. unless it's a team from Europe. And they're probably a team from Europe is probably not looking at PD Martinez right now. So yeah. I think it's never really been a case of whether or not PD will leave, at least mid season or even at the end of this season. Because yeah. that, like, what it would take to make that move happen and the optics around that, like, it just doesn't make sense for anybody really so. yeah no because exactly he uh in terms of what he what atlanta united want to command for him it's 
you know, we'd be taking it at a loss because yes, he hasn't been performing up to his potential yeah. or the lauded potential. And so, you know, right now, why would we do that? It just wouldn't make any sense. And we need PT for the stretch run anyway. There's just, yeah, it wouldn't make much sense to begin with. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, uh, one of those kind of rumors that are kind of strange anyway, but right. uh, another one that was definitely kind of ridiculous <laughs> was that Florentine Pogba was reportedly offered to Fuenlabrada, uh, second division Spanish side, uh, that's according to AS, and uh, in that article, Flo's agent Eric de Pujolas, uh, he spoke about the Pogba's brother apparent plan to all be playing together in Spain and uh, that Flo wants to be near his brothers there and they have a week to find a club. Yeah, interesting note. Paul Pogba does not play in Spain. He yes. plays for Manchester United. Yeah. and uh, There are the rumors of him wanting to go to Real Madrid. Which but... also are not great. Like, I mean, in terms of the rumors and their validity. like Because exactly. there's, the, there's a week left in that window as well. Right. And, and the chances of them pulling that off mm -hmm. and so uh so AJC AJC did throw cold water on the rumor as uh Doug Robertson did say that it was BS in a tweet uh as he was asked uh, and was told that it was by the team and so um but th there is just that as well like yes Matias uh Pogba he just signed for Spanish side yeah. and so yeah okay I think they're making up some stories probably <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> maybe unsettle some uh you know players and whatnot but either yeah. way it's kind of really ridiculous i think yeah rumor, i but... think this was one that got like florentine probably got swept into some other rumors yes. about some uh, involving bigger players and bigger teams so but it's all bs i think yeah. is the conclusion but either way yeah we always put it out there so that you guys are sure. abreast of that type of information and you know we uh yeah we cover it on here to tell you if it our opinion <laughs> If it is or isn't. But, That's me pouring cold water on yeah. But anyway, that gets us to our buy or sell segment. And simply, we bring up a topic and we determine if we buy or sell. And so first topic is that we looked more solid on Saturday without LGP buy or sell. I mean, I have to buy it. I buy it because we looked more solid with Pogba. And that's the thing, like Pogba himself was fantastic, you know? And on top of all the, like we mentioned, the blocks, the tackles, the comfort on the ball, he didn't give the ball away. And that's been a huge issue with LGP this season. And I still believe in the quality of player that he is, but the fact of the matter is, yeah, they did actually look fine without him. Yeah. I, uh, I buy that we look more solid on Saturday with LGB, but I think I buy it with a coupon because it's uh, kind of the caveat is that Florentine Pogba uh, didn't play against like the likes of a LAFC, you know, where that full pronged attack was definitely very deadly, and that's at home. Uh, now, if Florentine Pogba is playing on the road against uh, a Carlos Vela, then, then you know now I think we have a, a, a valid way to actually assess this. Sure, yeah. So I think I I buy that again with a coupon. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> next buy or sell is buy or sell. PT Martinez and Ezekiel Barco need to start together to be most effective. Buy. It's uh, because if you just start PD and Joseph, for example, they're just easy to defend. You know, like we mentioned, the first goal on Saturday came because PD took up a wide right position and played a ball in. When he had the space to do so, and he had the space to do a lot mm -hmm. this match, in which he did a lot, yeah. you know? And so Barco himself, you know, it's his first start in, for a while for the first team, and mm -hmm. but uh, he played well. And he, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, yeah, it's when you have so many threats to worry about, 
each individual one becomes harder to defend. Mm -hmm. Joseph had space to create chances and goals mm -hmm. as well, you know? So yeah, absolutely buy. Yeah, uh, no, I absolutely buy as well. I mean, they, uh, like you were saying, I mean, just that link-up play is tremendous to be able to give other looks for the, the players and trying to get them into space where they can really operate. Uh, and especially both of them can also win a lot of fouls. Uh, both of them being really, really skillful on the ball for dead balls, uh, very important as well. And they both are feeding Joseph, which is something that, you know, I think you have a guy who's, I think, uh, second right now in the league in, uh, in scoring. Yes, I mean, yes. yep. you need people that can absolutely do that. So, uh, last buy or sell item is buy or sell. It was the right call to hire FDB over GBS. Guillermo Barcelotto of LA Galaxy. And uh, of course, they were all in the running, uh, especially even Carlos Puyol of mm -hmm. uh, Barcelona fame. Um, yeah. They are all candidates that we were looking at, but is it the right call to hire FDB over GBS by ourselves? Yeah, I buy that one with my entire mortgage run. I mean, like, GBS, he just. You saw the tactics from LA Galaxy on Saturday, and they did not change their tactics, even though their best player was missing. You know, so that right there is a huge, I think, red flag. You know, and it, but these were the criticisms of him in Argentina was that he had no real tactics outside of long balls, and mm -hmm. I think that yeah, we would not be happy with how the team would be playing under Scalotto. I think uh, De Boer, sure, yes, you can have your gripes with him, but I think he has tried at times, especially recently, to get mm -hmm. all of his best players on the field mm -hmm. and like have a system in which they can break teams down mm -hmm. and defend. Right. Yeah, no, I absolutely buy that it was the right call to hire FDB over GBS. Uh, because yes, you know, I mean, you have seen that he is trying to at least impose a system and play a really kind of more dominant type of style whether it's slightly more defensive in certain areas or not. And yes, there is some side-to-side -side play slash um, just kind of things to left to be desired a little bit at times, but it still is, um, you know, I'd rather play on the more front foot than uh, not really know how we're playing from week to week at all. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, absolutely, it is uh, the right call for, for me. Yeah. But uh, moving on into Atlanta United 2, uh, they played to a 4-2 win over Ludon United on Friday night at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. And Bienvenue Kanekimana, he scored a hat-trick. Just really, uh, he's this man is on fire. Yeah. He just got signed and yeah, I mean, he's extended his scoring streak to three consecutive matches. Uh-oh. And which he scored six goals. I know, yeah, right? Yeah, Joseph, Martinez Joseph right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fantastic uh, to see, though. And Jackson Conway also has, uh, yeah, scored his second goal of the year, which is fantastic. And Andrew Carlton and George Bello started in that match. Good to see. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, Bello getting some minutes at Atlanta too is super super important because he's pretty much our only left wing back that uh, I think in terms of potential that you know I think can handle the system on a regularity. Yeah. So we want him in. Yes, yeah, so absolutely. As soon as possible. But anyway, so um, that gets us to our mailbag. And you guys send in these questions through IG story. Please continue to do so, and we might answer your question in the future. First question comes from William Jr. Twenty One. Why not Tito after winning 3-0 in the 70th, 75th minute? USOC is right around the corner. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'd be surprised if he takes part in the match on Tuesday anyway. And so, like, we talked about the subs. I think the subs were perfectly reasonable, uh, perfectly defensible. It's just, it's a case of, yeah, you don't want to take off Petey. You don't necessarily want to take off Joseph. Uh, well, especially with, uh, you wanting to rest Barco and Nagby ahead of Tuesday. So, I think... I think the right call was made with the subs, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, look, there's we have a lot of matches coming up. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, Tito will get his chance. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Tito will make an appearance in the coming weeks. Yeah. So I'm pretty fine actually with him not playing against Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I understand <laughs> where the question is probably coming from in terms of, yeah, I mean, he's the lion tamer. He should probably get some minutes so that he is a little bit sharper before playing, uh, you know, OC if he gets a run out. And I hope he does get a run out, but I think in terms of, in this match, uh, again, like we said, you know, in terms of wing back, he's probably not going to play there. And especially that, I think, you know, uh, Dion Pereira has been playing wing back, and I think you need somebody to at least still stay sharp, because, yeah, he hasn't really played in a minute, uh, a ton of minutes, and so... I think you know Justin Miram having started that match, you want to you know keep your your wing backs um, fresh for especially you know a very strenuous position. Yeah. And so uh, and you know have them sharp as well. And so that's I think that's also why you saw Gressel taken off. Yeah. And that's a major part of it. And so uh, Tito not getting that. I mean at least he, I think uh, in terms of his pace, you know if he's fit, you can bring him on. You. Uh, you know, you lump a ball over to him over the top and he can run on it. I mean, it still is, I think, uh, you ha he has his uses later oh, yeah, on in that match sure. if he's going to be played. So, uh, next question comes from Ryan Balch, 23. Opinions of Flo Pogba's performance. Oh, fantastic. Our second best defender after Miles on the day. And yeah, I mean, like, he, he asserted himself early on. I mean, like, I, I, I forget how early it was he had to make a tackle in his own box, but he did and he got spot on. Yeah. <laughs> he also, and so, yeah, I just, I, I've liked Pogba's appearances overall this season. I think uh, it's been a very valuable signing considering... You know, he was kind of out of uh, out of a team. You pretty know? much, yeah. He was pretty much out of a team, and he hadn't really played a meaningful game in about a year and a half. Uh, I mean, he's a great person in the locker room, always yeah. laughing and making jokes with all the players. And I think whomever you are, uh, he's really befriended uh, all the players. And uh, so not only a huge person in the locker room, but also, I think, on the pitch, uh, just really not only asserting himself, but... I think though, uh, for me, yeah, like he still needs to be taken, uh, taken with like just you know a match at a time and given some rest between because I think you saw if a little bit of overuse, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult for him because yeah he hasn't played a ton, ton of minutes nor a ton of matches in a row and so we just have to be careful I think and yeah. not play him too much uh, in a short span of time. So uh, next question comes from Slim Jim. Is PT finally fitting in? Yeah, he definitely is. Well, and the thing about PT and the type and quality of player that he is is that he doesn't fit in by being another player. He fits in by dominating. Yeah. You know, he fits in by uh, stringing up, by really. Be, the passes. Yeah, the being the engine of the team. You uh -huh. know, like I think that, and I think you saw that. That was probably, in terms of that, probably his best performance on Saturday. You yeah, know, like just he didn't, the he didn't get a goal or assist, but it was definitely he was involved with so much of the attack. Exactly, you know, like all the, the through balls, the balls in between the lines, you know, mm -hmm. dropping deep and, you know, 
like you said, stringing everything together. Yeah, his work right there as well. It was, yeah, I think uh, one of his most complete matches for sure, I agree. Uh, and if he can play with that kind of uh, mentality and really wanting to win every single ball mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, make all the right plays, really make the, the smart play, play the right ball, that type of stuff, yes, then he's absolutely fitting in a lot better. So, yeah. yep. next question comes from Lawson Say04. With George Bello coming back from injury, should we move to a four back with him? Uh, I actually prefer him at wing back. I think that it, because I think that the wing back position would uh, best uh, use his talents. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I think that when you have three center backs, it allows your full backs or wing backs in that case to get forward more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what we want for Bello. And I also think that he's probably our best left wing back on the roster, you know, and because... In terms of potential, because, yeah, obviously he hasn't been able to prove that sure. yet. But it's but. also like we don't have a natural left wing back necessarily, unless mm -hmm. maybe Ambrose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mikey know? Ambrose, uh, he's a very serviceable option. I sure. think, uh, you know, can do the job on any given night. Um, it's just, yeah, I think for George Bellow, uh, I think he can play in a four back, uh, four man back line for sure. Uh, I have no issues with him doing that. I think I've seen enough of him where uh, it wasn't that uh, like catastrophic or anything if he was, you know, just the, the lone, uh, if he was a left back. And so I think it is one of those things where though, uh, I think to kind of more assimilate him in better, I think it is to give him a little bit less defensive responsibilities at the top level. And so that we can kind of blood him in a little easier. And then uh, if needed, you know, we need to play a four man back line. Yeah, we'll see when we get there. Mm -hmm. So uh, last question comes from Misty Milo. Do you think it's possible for Joseph to pull off a hat trick this season? If so, then against who? September 14th, we play Columbus Crew at home. That'll be our first home match in like a month because we go on a crazy long road trip. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, I mean, Columbus Crew have not been good. And yeah. Yeah, that's a team that we typically beat, especially at home. Uh -huh. I think that's a Joseph hat trick kind of day. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's against Orlando City. Either one of these two matches coming up. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, he has talked about how uh, you know the the back of the net just uh, is just hits a little more sweeter. <laughs> paraphrase, obviously, uh, in Orlando. I think, uh, yeah, I think Joseph has kind of some uh, you know has some fire in, in, in him to uh, to really want to score as many as possible against this team. So uh, I think, yeah, I think against that team, he will definitely. Do some some business for sure. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of Orlando City, it gets Ooh. us into our match preview. It is the U.S. Open Cup semifinal. It is 7:30 at Exploria Stadium on Tuesday. And uh, so yeah, we uh, in terms of our form recently, it's been not too bad. We've uh, we've had four law or four wins and two losses in our last last six. Orlando, they've. Uh, it's a win, win, draw, loss, loss, win. And I mean, you know, uh, with that last win, I, I believe it was against uh, FC Dallas. FC Dallas. Yeah, pretty good win in terms of that, if you would, you know, I, I think uh, FC Dallas are pretty much one of the, the better teams in the West yeah. uh, on the usual basis. And yeah. so. Uh, for them to be able to do that is not a bad win, for sure. And they did it without uh, Nani and Sasha Kleshin, obviously. Yeah. Probably resting those players ahead mm -hmm. of the semifinal matchup against Atlanta United. Indeed. And, yeah, Nani got his little tune-up 
in the All-Star game as well. So, I mean, yeah, he's probably really gearing up for this match, definitely. Um, and definitely our previous matchups uh, both pretty well. Uh, of course, they, you know, we are undefeated against Orlando City. Uh, hopefully that will continue, of course. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of playing them at home, uh, we're undefeated there. You know, yeah. we uh, have played some really interesting matches there as well. Of course, with the Tito uh, just blast that uh, that 1-0 win yeah. in 2017. Yeah. Um, Barco got his, well, no, it wasn't his first goal, but Barco scored yes. against Orlando last season. Indeed, that also bodes well in terms of his confidence there as well. Joseph with the record breaker at Orlando. Yeah, can't <laughs> deny that. Joseph with his hat trick uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. I mean, just plenty of uh, really, I think, back-and-forth games slash... Uh, I think really kind of uh, games that I think it's not always been one-sided in terms of the play. But right. In terms of the results, yeah, they've kind of gone our way. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I think Atlanta's uh, they've always they're always the better team on paper against this team. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, they're just their quality players usually come through. Whether it's Tito, whether it's Joseph, whether mm -hmm. it's uh, Petey who scored against Orlando earlier this season. Yes. You know, we have better players, and so we should beat this team. Right. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean we should overlook them because, yeah, they do have some strengths that I think we definitely need to look out for. I mean, definitely uh, from direct free kicks, I think, you know, you have the likes of Nani, the likes of O'Kleshton, right. who uh, are good on a dead ball. Yeah. Um, you know, you also have them. They're really good at coming back from losing positions, and so there is some fight back from them. Yeah. That's something that we need to... Make sure, yeah, like we, if we get a lead, we clamp down and we make sure that, uh, you know, their chances are limited and yeah. that they can't uh, pull anything off. But, uh, yeah, they're also very decent at defending set pieces in which we haven't really created a goal this year from, so we need to uh, yeah. kind of uh, get better at that for on our end as well. Uh, and they are also really good at protecting a lead. So that's... You know, something that, yeah, we need to really try to get on that front foot and score early and not concede something in the first 20 minutes. Right. But, um, yeah, and what's something that we could actually get at, though, I think, is that they are pretty weak at defending their wings. And so, you know, we need to use our width, and I think that's kind of why maybe we saw a little bit of that rest on uh, the wings for us a little bit with Gressel and, yeah. and whatnot. You know, you want to be able to, yeah have uh, guys running at them to really unsettle them. So I think so, for sure, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, they're that type of team that uh, I think we can get at. It's just, you know, we need to make sure that we play to what uh, our strengths are and uh, and what their weaknesses are, for sure. Yeah. But uh, into some match facts, get us uh, into that. Yeah, so the, they have not beaten us in three matches at Exploria as we've covered. Uh, Atlanta United has lost their last six away matches in MLS, and uh, there have been two and a half, over two and a half goals scored in Atlanta United's last seven matches, of course, the last one being the 3-0 win over uh, LA Galaxy. Hopefully it's more of that and not a uh, shootout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully yeah, there's uh, more of a, a clean sheet and a, uh, you know, some a few goals yeah. for Atlanta United, but yeah. Uh, some players to watch for Orlando City, of course, Nani, as we've talked about, yeah. who's got eight goals and four assists. He's very much their match winner if he's on the pitch this season. 
Uh, Tesho Akindele, their uh, central attacking midfielder, has eight goals and one assist. I think he scored against FC Dallas, yeah. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, they're really spreading these goals around a little bit. Chris Miller with uh, five goals and two assists. And Dom Dwyer with five goals and two assists as well. Yeah, Dom Dwyer, I mean, he plays center forward every match, so that's not a brilliant goal return, I think, in my opinion. And then the last match at Mercedes-Benz, he was not good. I mean, he fluffed a couple chances. So. Yeah, he did. And but, so hopefully but, that may continue. Yeah. Hopefully. But, uh, yeah, so our keys to this match definitely, I think, is shutting down Nani. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, whatever side he plays on, if he switches wings or anything like that, right. you know, we need to just be able to make sure that we can clamp down on him and... Let them not create anything. And uh, we need to attack down the wings, like I said. Have that width to really spread them out as much as possible. And we need to finish our chances in the run of play. Super important. And we didn't see that against LA Galaxy. But yeah, if we can, you know, of course, if we can win a a penalty, then sure. But I mean, you can't bank on that. So we have to finish our chances. I think an early, this is a match where we really need an early goal. First 10 minutes and then we can really settle down and play our game. Agreed, agreed. And uh, yeah, so a few of the, our players have been kind of uh, talk, talking about this match. And uh, Justin Miram, he was asked about uh, if he scored against Orlando City, his former club, what he would do, would he celebrate? He said, one million percent. And uh, there was even a post on our Instagram, and he reiterated that in our comments, one million percent. <laughs> He hates Orlando City Absolutely. as much as we do. You gotta love the guy. I mean, you might <laughs> if uh, you receive death threats, which is something yeah. that AJ and Justin Miram have in common. Indeed. So. <laughs> yeah, and Tanner as well with uh, some uh, really purple peanuts that uh, he received earlier this season, I believe. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, classy <laughs> people down there, of course. <laughs> of course, I'm not serious on that. Uh huh. So anyway, um, also uh, during the All Star game, Brad Guzan was also asked about those boos that he heard. Uh, he was, you know, the homekeeper, but he definitely didn't feel like he was at home. Right. He received a lot of jeers, a lot of, uh, I think a lot was, of abuse. I think he was in front of the supportive section, right? And he that, was yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And so uh, he joked, "I didn't hear them." You laugh and smile about it. We'll be back here in a couple days. We'll be here Tuesday night. So it's to be expected. Joseph, Joseph and I were having a bit of a chuckle about it. And <coughs> Joseph, uh, Joseph said, I'll, I'll yeah. finish his coughing. Uh, Joseph Martinez said with a smile that it was a very affectionate welcoming. <laughs> they always remember us with great affection and I as well. Of all the games we've played, I remember them. He continued, the first thing I think about it uh, was the match against the Galaxy. Uh, wait, sorry, whoops. Uh, he says, you know, uh, obviously for with both of our fan bases, it's a derby, but honestly, I don't know why, because I have love for them. Oh, Joseph. <laughs> yes. Quote machine. Indeed. And so, uh, you know, with that, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... He has love for them because, yeah, he's fathered them many times. Yeah. So, you know, I think with good reason. You know, yeah. you got to love your kids. So, <laughs> why not? Why not, right? So, anyway, let's yeah. get into the injury report and unavailable players for Orlando. Uh, midfielder Christian Higuita is out with a hamstring injury. Will Johnson did play uh, over the weekend, but he's still maybe a little bit questionable with yeah. that abductor. So, uh, we'll see. 
Uh, we would love to see more Will Johnson face uh, in the future, of course. Yes. Where he's still barking at refs and, you know, just being over, just overall uh, salty. Yeah. But uh, for us, LGP returns. Uh, Bello played over at two, obviously, as we talked about. But Breck Shea... Uh, obviously, he just had uh, surgery, and Brandon Vasquez is still questionable for this match. And uh, yeah, I think that gets us to our predicted starting 11. Yeah. So in terms of uh, that, let's get through the lines yep. and goalkeeper. Yeah, Kuzan. Of course. Uh, and your shape, I guess. Uh, where are you going? Yeah, 3-4-3. Three, three. I think uh, pretty similar to what we mm -hmm. saw over the weekend. I think that that has shown that it's effective and why. So mm -hmm. I think you don't change that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you go with 3-4-3 three, three again. So three at the back. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, so we have a little bit different here. Yep. We've got uh, LGP, we've got Robinson, mm -hmm. and I have Pogba at left center back with LGP on the right. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully he can start again in such short rest. Hopefully that uh, doesn't affect him too hard. But uh, for me, yeah, my three-man center back line is Escobar, Robinson, and LGP comes back because of that short rest. And also, I mean, I think he's still, I think, the incumbent. So, uh, yeah, he should start at left center back. Uh, getting into the midfield or wingbacks first, probably. Yeah. Uh, Gressel. Gressel, of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and left wingback, we have some different ones. Right, so this is where Escobar comes in for me. He plays yeah. uh, left wingback. It's been left wingback by committee, and I think if you look at it from that perspective, mm -hmm. Escobar is actually probably our best option at left wingback in a pinch. So, mm -hmm. uh, for me, I think this is a game in particular where you want your wingbacks to be sharp, you want the right choices there. Mm -hmm. And Miram's been fine, I and mean, he defended well mm -hmm. against Galaxy, but I, for me, Escobar starts at uh, left wing back. Yeah, I think for me, Miram uh, definitely starts again, uh, even on short rest. I think. Uh, you can have a Dion Pereira kind of come in as well, and that won't be too big of a, a drop-off. I mean, end product maybe is a little lacking at the moment for Pereira, but I think for Escobar to start at left wing back, where he, I don't think he's played yet this season, so I think uh, for me it might kind of unsettle our defense a little bit, and mm -hmm. I think uh, for me I want definitely, I think, players that are familiar with each other uh, in the starting 11 if they're going to be playing I think a very important match. Yeah, so uh, You know that gets us to the midfield, which I think we're in agreement. Yeah uh, Romani and Nagby in the middle of course. I yeah. mean that that's your two go-to and then Romani got the rest You know, which I think it was the yeah. good call. It had to have been with this in mind indeed indeed and I think uh, yeah, they give us the most energy and uh, Yeah, they will close down and hopefully uh, because of uh, who's going to be playing, I think for, for me at the 10, I, mine's more of a 352. Uh, yeah, Barco at the 10, that allows us to maybe not get overrun in the midfield as we have maybe like against LAFC. Uh, for you, it's a little bit different with that 3-4-3, three, three, yes. so who are your forwards up top? Right, so I have PD and Barco kind of doing the inverted wing thing, so uh -huh. PD on the right, Barco on the left, and Joseph up top. But really, you know, we, we talked about the map earlier, average positioning. Those three players should be close together so that they can, you know, link up, create through the middle, hopefully they get the wing back support as well for the width. And, you know, I think that if they if Atlanta plays like they did yesterday, they absolutely should defeat Orlando. Yeah. Uh, I agree, but uh, yeah, and for me, the two forwards are PT and Joseph, and so, uh, yeah, in terms of that, uh, the way we're playing, uh, I think that definitely, yeah, we want to play very similarly how we did against LA Galaxy. I can see how 
they're maybe a little bit more dangerous on the counter in sure. terms of Orlando because they have uh, you know the likes of guys that uh, have some pace and especially Nani who can create something out of nothing. That's a person that yeah we want to be able to be very weary of. And so yeah, in the back, uh, we just really have to be very uh, very astute and very um, solid as well. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I think we'll probably dominate a lot of the possession. I think uh, even with, even at home there. But yeah. I think what's gonna kind of bode well is that they're going to want to come out. They're going to, they have to score. We have to score. Yes. Like someone needs to win this match. Exactly. And so it needs to be, I think, uh, where it lends itself to be a lot more of an open match. I think so. I mean, like, I don't think it's a hot take to say this is probably the biggest match in their history. I mean, because yes, they have not made the playoffs, which we are more than happy to point out. And, uh, you know, they this is their chance to make a mark in this rivalry, mm -hmm. quote unquote, yeah. and uh, put their name on some silverware, which they haven't really been close to. You mm -hmm. know, it, it's... They are a young franchise as well, so they need to build some legacy. They need to start somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. What better way than to get one over on Atlanta United on your way to a trophy? Yeah, well, hopefully that doesn't happen, and uh, we are predicting that what? <laughs> I got 2-0. Uh, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, you know, they, they looked they looked really good yesterday, especially the midfield play was very encouraging. And mm -hmm. I think that they kind of carry this over. Um, I uh, think that the boys kind of figured out a system and a, and a shape that works. And uh -huh. I have 2-0. Okay. Uh, for me, it's a 2-1 win. I think it's a little bit uh, kind of reminiscent of kind of the, the score lines in Orlando. I think it's that type of uh, match where I think uh, each team is going to score, but I think we can uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, advance into the final. And I think it's, you know, uh, it's against a team that historically we kind of feel very confident against. So as long as we go in not overestimating or not underestimating, um, you know, what they are not able to do against us and really put our marker down then I think we can uh, really do the business and get into the final. So yep. anyway, that does it for that match preview and gets us to our question of the day. Who do you want as your three-man backline going forward? Of course, AJ and I have predicted different three-man backlines for Tuesday night. A lot of you want Paul with a start. Let us know what you think. Tweet at us. Get in the comments. We read everything. Indeed. But guys, that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already. Smash that like button and share this video because it really does help us a lot. For Mark, I'm AJ. Thank you guys so much for watching.